Hey there, future fans! It's the week of Friday, May 24th, 2019, and I'm back! everyone welcome to the show that is right i am back and i am sorry i told you that i was only going to take one week off and the fact that there was no episode last week determined that that was a lie though in my defense i didn't purposely lie a couple things happened as you may be able to hear with my voice uh, i still have that cold voice going on while every other part of the cold has gone away the the cough and the raspy sounding throat is staying around and i'm not sure if you're anything at all like me and if you are it sucks doesn't it because i am fine i don't have any other symptoms whatsoever just an occasional at this point cough and this voice so last week it was a mix of the bad voice and i just didn't have the energy so i needed one more week but here I am, and since I have seen you last, I've seen two movies in the theaters. I, I wish I'd seen more, but I've seen two movies in the theaters. I saw Avengers Endgame one more time, which really changed my view on some of the problems I had about Avengers Endgame. And also, I learned that not all theaters are adding that stinger at the end of the new Spider-Man trailer. I'm not sure if I reported on it in the last episode, but I just know that now that the movie had been out for a while and that the Spider-Man Far From Home final trailer came out, which has a lot of spoilers, some theaters were adding the Spider-Man Far From Home trailer as a stinger. I've since found out that is not true of all theaters. So you know what? It's worth asking. If you do go see the movie again and you want to see this new spoilerific trailer on the big screen, ask when you walk in, ask, hey, has your theater added this as a stinger? The other movie I saw was Detective Pikachu and goddamn, it was everything I wanted it to be. The story was highly predictable. Like I saw the ending coming and how... The main character could hear Pikachu. I saw that whole part coming from the very beginning. And normally that would bother me with a movie. It really would. But it didn't with this one because this movie was more than the plot. It was more than the mystery. This was a movie of about seeing a half live action Pokemon movie. And seeing all of these Pokemon look beautiful on the big screen. And it was really good. It's really good if you're a Pokemon fan. If you're not a Pokemon fan, then you need to stay away from this movie. Maybe you'd think it was funny. Maybe you would. Because uh, there was quite a few great comedy moments or comedic moments in the movie. But this is really for fans of Pokemon. Well, let us get out of this rambling opening segment and let me get on with the housekeeping. Let me start off by saying, welcome to Future Flicks. This is Future Flicks with Billiam. Thus, I am Billiam, and on this show, let me tell you what we do. We do quite a few things. We start out with a random opening, usually just me ad-libbing, and it requires a lot of editing. Well, to be fair, the whole show requires a lot of editing because I'm terrible at what I do. Oh, that's a lie. I'm mediocre. But anyway, 
we start with the opening, then we get into the news, and then the trailers. Those are any new news and trailers that have caught my eye since the last episode. I am not perfect, so if I miss something and you want to hear me talk about it on the show, just let me know. Then we get into the movies, which are broken down into two, count them, two categories. The first category is the limited releases. Those are movies that get a limited release and also did not interest me enough to talk about in the next segment. That doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be bad movies. Just like if it's in the wide releases and interesting indie section doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be a good movie. But I base all of my decisions only on the trailer. So any movies in the limited section just didn't sell themselves well enough. So after that, we go into the wide releases and interesting indies, which is exactly what it sounds like every wide release, no matter how good or bad it looks. And then all the limited release movies have caught my eye because I think there is something special about them. Back in the day, I used to put movies in there just to sh** on them, but, um, no, not anymore. So in the wide releases and interesting indies section, I tell you what the movie is, what it's about, who's in it, and then I give some thoughts on it, and I wrap it all up with the Billiams Interest Level Score, a.k.a. the Bill Score. That can go anywhere from a 0 to an 11. And then after that, we wrap it all up with the question of the week. Then I send you along your way to listen to the other great shows in the somewhat nerdy podcast network. And you know what? Let's let's have that be it for the housekeeping. I will go over Twitter and how to reach me and all that stuff, uh, all that stuff at the end of the show. By the way, I didn't say the episode name. This is episode 134, Burning Wishes. And um, a little on the nose, but I just thought it sounded cool, so I went with that. Well, anyway, let us start with the first segment, which, as always, is the news. This just in from Hollywood, the news. Well, I missed a lot of stories since I've been gone. I'm not going to talk about all of them, just a couple of them. And if, if you do want me to speak more about them, then just let me know. And I will talk about them more in the next episode. But for now, what happened since the last episode? Well, we know that the Sonic the Hedgehog movie is going to get a redesign because of the huge fan backlash from how ugly that motherfucker looked. I mean, if you were anywhere online when the trailer dropped and we saw what Sonic was going to look like, it was hard to miss how terrible it was. But if somehow you missed it, just look it up. It is terrible. The next story comes to us from Little White Lies. Apparently, Anna Lily Amipour is remaking Cliffhanger with Jason Momoa. But here's the thing. Jason Momoa will play second fiddle to a yet unnamed female actress. This will be a female-centric cliffhanger remake and the question i want to ask this director i want to want to ask this uh anna lily amapore or however you say her name is is really do you really think there's a market out there for for a remake of cliffhanger even if it's female centered even if that i mean i don't think that's a good enough selling point i find myself quoting james bond producer barbara broccoli who said no we shouldn't make already established male characters female we should just make better female characters So this director is known for movies like The Bad Batch and A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. The writer on this, his only other writing credit is for the Magnum P.I. TV show. So, um, I've seen a couple episodes of that show and it's just a shitty police procedural. So I'm not going to hold my breath for this one. Not at all. I know that I give remakes and reboots more of a chance than a lot of people do. But even this one, I'm just saying no to. 
This next story comes to us from Variety. Chadwick Boseman is going to be in a samurai movie called Yasuke, where he plays the first black samurai. I'm pretty sure this is 100% fictional, but either way, it could be interesting. I will tell you more about it when I know more about it. From GeekyGadgets.com, we learn that James Cameron's Avatar sequels are delayed. How delayed, you may ask? By about a year. The first sequel was originally set for December of 2020, but now it will be released sometime in 2021. So theoretically, it could be only delayed a month because, hey, January's in 2021, right? Well, and technically every year, but... You know what I mean. But unless a studio's simply pushing back a release date of an already completed movie, Hollywood doesn't really work in months. They seem to work in years. And so my question is, how much money will these movies lose? Will anyone even care? This next story comes to us from Entertainment Weekly. After Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker, we won't see another new Star Wars movie until the year 2022. But starting with 2022, there will be another movie scheduled every other year as Disney is in the works of two different trilogies. We know that Ryan Johnson is supposedly working on another trilogy. Ryan Johnson is the director of The Last Jedi. Let's keep in mind that The Last Jedi is one of the most hated films in Star Wars history. Yes, that's even keeping the prequels in mind. And the other set of uh, movies, the other trilogy, is from the uh, showrunners from Game of Thrones. Seeing as how Game of Thrones just ended and a lot of people hated it, I mean, there's a petition going around to redo season eight with quote-unquote competent writers. Uh, That petition has over a million signatures already. So if The Rise of Skywalker doesn't do well... Okay, that's a little uh, odd. Okay, let me say this. The movie's going to do well because people are going to see it. Star Wars fans hate Star Wars. They hate anything Star Wars that's not the original trilogy. Or in uh, Snarf Chris's case, the prequels as well. But the majority of the movie going public, those who do not classify themselves as a Star Wars fan, those people will go see this movie, so it will still do well. So here's the question. Even if their movies still get critically panned, as long as the ticket sales are good, Will Disney keep making these movies? I'm pretty sure the answer is yes, but we will see as this unfolds. You may remember when I was talking about Avengers Endgame, I talked about two actors who were added to the cast, and that was Hiroyuki Sonata and Katherine Langford. If you saw the movie, if you saw Avengers Endgame, you know that Katherine Langford wasn't in it. That's because her scenes were cut. No, this isn't a spoiler because it was never revealed who her character was. Though I do want to talk about this. So at the end of the show, after the closing housekeeping, after the music stops playing, I'm going to do one more verbal spoiler warning that I'm going to talk about this story. So I'm warning you now, and I'm going to warn you again at the end. So if you do get spoiled and you're upset, it's your fault. This next story comes to us from comicbook.com, something we already knew. Johnny Depp is not set to return for Fantastic Beasts 3. Though here's a caveat, not set to return so far. It is not clear yet whether the reason he has not signed on for the film is because that Disney is not going to ask him, seeing as he's quite controversial right now, or are they just still working out some sort of deal? In a story from metro.co.uk, Richard Madden says that casting actors based on their personal lives would be a terrible idea after backlash from the movie Rocketman. This is the movie where Taron Egerton plays Elton John, and some people are angry going, oh, we have this straight white man playing a gay man. And you know my stance on that. I don't give a f***. I want the best actor to do the role. 
Just like if there's a straight character, if they cast a gay man, as long as he's the, as long as he's the best actor for the role, f***ing go for it. I don't care. And that's basically Richard Mann's argument, saying that it should be about the acting skill and what the actor could bring to the role, not about the actor's personal life. Next story comes to us from Sci-Fi Wire. Tyrese gives us a little taste of this Morbius movie, which is a spinoff from Spider-Man. He just gave a, a picture from the set. This is the film where Jared Leto is playing the heroic vampire, though once villain turned hero, anti-hero, I guess, vampire. Jared Leto playing him, Tyrese playing, well, a, a yet unknown, at least to me, character. That is set for release on July 31st, 2020. And let's see, also has Matt Smith in it, Jared Harris as well. Uh, no big names as far as the uh, actresses go. That doesn't mean none will be added. And since the last episode, we've had three large deaths for the for the movie industry. I mean, every death is big to someone, but but as far as this story goes, it's that these are really notable people. First was Peter Mayhew, which you probably already knew. He died at age 74. We also lost singer and actress Doris Day, and then we lost Tim Conway. Known for things like The Carol Burnett Show and voiced Barnacle Boy on Spongebob. I mean, don't get me wrong. He's done a lot of stuff. He started acting. Let's see if I can find out when. Thank you, IMDb. Started acting back in 1963, so I'm, I'm not really going to go down everything he's ever done, but huge comedy actor. Oh, and also, I'm sorry, John Singleton. I can't believe I almost forgot. John Singleton died, director of movies like Boys in the Hood and Four Brothers. He passed away at age 51 after suffering a massive stroke. In the next story from Hype Beast... Quentin Tarantino has finished writing the Star Trek film script. If you remember back when this was bigger news, Quentin Tarantino and a set of writers that worked on previous Star Trek films were both working on separate scripts. And the theory was that they were, that the studio was only going to do one, but there are some people wondering if they're going to do both. Well, now Tarantino has finished his script, but now the question is, is there anyone to do it? A lot of these actors are really busy now, especially out of them Zoe Saldana who has the Avatar movies, she has the next Guardians of the Galaxy movie, and also, if you remember, the studio could not reach a deal with both Chris's Hemsworth and Pine. So we will see if this goes anywhere. A few more stories, folks. This next one comes from CNN Entertainment. Reese Witherspoon is apparently meeting with people, with producers or the powers that be in Hollywood, whoever you would meet with, uh, to talk about Legally Blonde 3. So this isn't even in pre-production yet. There, This is just talks. But hey, we might see another Legally Blonde movie, so yay. If you haven't heard, Robert Panson is rumored to be cast as Batman. And I'm getting conflicting stories on this. Some saying that it's a sure thing that he, he is cast as Batman. Batman and other sources saying it's not yet set in stone, but either way, fans are starting a petition because when you get nerds angry, we start petitions and we say bad things on Twitter. And do you want to hear the sad thing? So apparently the most popular petition, and I'm looking at it right now, as of this moment has 4,540 signatures on it. So as you can see, that is nothing. And this John Roden that started this, um, you know what, buddy? Shut the f*** up. Robert Pattinson is a good actor. I think he can do this role. Am I excited to see him as uh, Bruce Wayne and Batman? No, not really. But he's a good actor, so I'm willing to see it. So everyone else should just stop their crying. This next non-story is from Metro.co.uk. Just a rumor. Tessa Thompson and Chris Hemsworth apparently want to remake The Bodyguard. Are we watching the birth of the next big male-female movie partnership? 
in the vein of Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. Maybe. You know what? I'd be willing to see more movies with them. They are both good actors. Their chemistry is amazing. I really don't think Bodyguard, the Bodyguard needs a remake, but hey, if they're in it, I'll watch it. Couple more stories left. Um, this next one is from Variety. And this doesn't surprise me. Turns out John Wick 3 has dethroned Avengers in the domestic box office. John Wick 3 had a $57 million debut, which for a non-Marvel movie or, or a non-Star Wars movie, a non-huge movie like that, that's pretty damn good. But it has been a few weeks since Avengers Endgame came out, so it's about time it was dethroned. Speaking of Avengers Endgame, according to comicbook.com, Avengers Endgame has officially passed Avatar at the all-time domestic box office biggest movie. We all knew it was going to happen. The question was just when. And in other Batman news, this from comicbook.com as well, we know which villains that we will be seeing in The Batman, and that will be The Penguin, Catwoman, and The Riddler. No set actors for these yet, but Sebastian Stan of Avengers fame, aka the Winter Soldier, has voiced that he would like to play the Riddler. And you know what? I'm down. But here's my question. Even though the Riddler is my favorite Batman villain, and like 10 years ago, there's a standalone Penguin comic that lasted about six issues, and it was really good. Now, I like the Penguin. I like Catwoman. Even though I like these people a lot... Can't we do a different villain? We saw the Riddler before. We've seen the Riddler on the silver screen. We've seen the Riddler on TV quite a few times in the original uh, Adam West Batman show. And we've seen the Riddler, of course, on Gotham. We've seen the Riddler in the cartoons, just like we've seen the Penguin and Catwoman in all conceivable forms of media. You know what they can do instead? They can do Hush. They can do Hugo Strange. They can do Clayface. They can do a Mad Hatter. They could do a good Mr. Freeze. They can do Solomon Grundy. They can do Jason Todd. They can do a live action Court of Owls movie. That would be sick. Here's a question, not an official question of the week, but this question is, who would you like to see? Which villain would you like in a new Batman movie? And no, I will not accept I don't want another Batman movie as an answer. Just tell me who you want to see as the villain. This next story is not movie news, but just sad for nerds in general. The Tick has been canceled by Amazon after its second season, but is currently looking to see if anyone else will pick up the show. Two more stories. This next one comes from IndieWire. James Wan is producing a new adaptation of Mortal Kombat. And yeah, I'll watch it. I'll watch anything that James Wan does. And finally, did you hear Arnold Schwarzenegger was dropkicked? Did you see the video? This guy runs up to him while he's somewhere in South Africa and gives him a flying drop kick and Arnold Schwarzenegger barely moves. I mean, the guy that attacked him wasn't huge, but still, this was another human being who ran at him and jumped and kicked him and Arnold Schwarzenegger basically didn't notice. Okay, that's a lie. He did notice, of course, and then all of Schwarzenegger's bodyguards tackled the man. Okay, A, let's talk about the obvious thing. Who the f would do that what kind of fucking asshole would just drop kick someone like that and second how badass is that of Arnold Schwarzenegger to just like not even bear not even flinch really well reports are saying that he's okay and I think that was the longest news segment ever so I apologize if this episode is a little longer than normal we just have more to talk about speaking of talking about things let's talk about some trailers and you know what that means it's time for everyone's favorite segment the trailer trove Avast, and welcome to the Trailer Troll. 
Well, ladies and gentlemen, let us start with a with a trailer that came out a week ago that I would have talked about on the la- on last week's show, but I wanted to talk about this anyway just because it's not one of the big ones. It's a movie from the company A24, as we know, real big names in the indie scene. And the movie that we got a trailer for is called Midsummer, but not spelled in the same way as Midsummer Night's Dream, but M-I-D-S-O-M-M-A-R. This is getting a July 3rd release. It's about a young woman who reluctantly joins her boyfriend on a summer trip to a Swedish festival where things go awry very quickly. This stars Florence Pugh, who was, um, let's see, most recently in Fighting With My Family. She played Paige. Uh, Jack Rayner is also in this. You would know him from Free Fire or Sing Street and Will Poulter from movies like Detroit, The Maze Runner, Where the Millers. And this is kind of an indie horror along the same along the same lines as at least The Witch. I get a kind of kind of feeling like that one where it, it has this really old timey feel, except this one takes place in modern times. And in this trailer, we see this girl accompanying her boyfriend who seems to ready to break up with her, actually, but she doesn't know this. And something really bad happens to her and he feels bad. So he invites her to this festival that him and his guy friends are going to. And it's there that things start to seem really weird. And there's this part in the trailer where she says, I'm going home. And this dude who, who's running the festival, who's part of the small Swedish village, says, no, you're not. And here's what I'm guessing. Here's what I'm guessing that this movie is going to end up doing is that this is going to be some sort of ritualistic sacrifice. And every so often in the, in the trailer, they say every 90 years they have a a festival like this, but I'm guessing it's to sacrifice people to some God for a harvest or something kind of like wicker man or something like that. I think this looks good. I I don't think it looks like a theater watch. I honestly don't. I think movies like this, just like witch, just like even other indie horrors. I didn't like as much like Babadook and it follows even movies like that. were fine at home. And I think this is going to be the case for this one. Next up, we have the trailer or a new trailer for once upon a time in Hollywood. And, and this looks like it's going to be really good. This has an amazing cast. I'm looking at it right now. It's Leonardo DiCaprio, Brad Pitt, Margot Robbie, James Marsden, Dakota Fanning, Timothy Oliphant, Tim Roth, Al Pacino, Kurt Russell, Luke Perry, for some reason, they let Lena Dunham in the movie, even though she's a trash human being. Uh, they have Damian Lewis, Emil Hirsch, Michael Madsen, Bruce Dern, Clifton Collins Jr. Hell, even Kevin Smith's daughter, Harley Quinn Smith, is in this movie. And the interesting thing about this is that it's a fictional story, but some of the characters were real people. So the main two characters, Cliff Booth and Rick Dalton, that's Pitt and DiCaprio respectively, are fictional. But Margot Robbie plays Sharon Tate. Timothy Oliphant plays James Spacey. Damien Lewis plays Steve McQueen. We have someone playing Charles Manson in this movie. And even though I'm excited for this, even though I really want to see this, the only thing that makes me go eh about this is the inclusion of Sharon Tate and Charles Manson. And no disrespect meant to Sharon Tate or her family, but I am tired of this story. Especially recently, especially within the last few years, we've seen a lot of movies come out about this story. This year, we had The Haunting of Sharon Tate and Charlie Says. But the good news is, from the look of the trailer, the main story here has nothing to do, or at least not a lot to do, with Charles Manson and Sharon Tate. 
It looks like this story is about Leonardo DiCaprio's character, um, Rick Dalton, who feels like he's a has-been and really has to kind of work for his second wind in Hollywood. And then the story of Brad Pitt's character, Cliff Booth, who is his stunt double. I'm pretty sure part of the movie is going to involve the murder of Sharon Tate because in the trailer you see that Dalton lives next door to Sharon Tate. And sad fact, this is Luke Perry's final credited movie. Because the other last thing he did was episodes of Riverdale, and I'm not sure if those are all out already or not. But his final movie is going to be Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And it just occurred to me, I'm not even sure if I told you the release date of this movie. Uh, it's set for July 26th this year. Next up in the trove, we have to talk about Bottom of the Ninth. This is a movie that I had no idea about. And you know what? I don't know why I say that, because I, I don't know about most of the movies coming out. Like, I'm looking at the movies I'm going to be talking about, and only a couple of them I knew were even coming out. But this movie looks like it has something special, and not in the way that you would normally think about a movie. So, Bottom of the Ninth is about this guy who was on his way up in baseball. He was about to be signed to the Yankees. And then, from what I assume, he gets into a fight that ends up killing someone. So, it's manslaughter, not murder, but still, you know, not good. He ends up serving 17 years in prison, and then he gets released, and then he's trying to find a job. But guess what? It's hard for an ex-con to get a job. But through a stroke of luck, he winds up back involved in baseball and eventually on a team. And you know what? Don't watch the trailer if anything about what I said, or just baseball movies in general, interests you, because I'm pretty sure that if you're even mildly familiar with movies, you can piece together everything that happens in this film. The only good news is that it's hard to guess the ending, just because with sports movies, they don't always win. Look at movies like Rocky or The Replacements. In those cases, it's partly the story and then part love of the sport that keeps the ending from being disappointing. Only two notable names in this. We have Joe Manganiello, who was Al Seed in True Blood, and Sofia Vergara, who was on the show Modern Family. Actually, interestingly enough, talking about, uh, talking about Rocky, Burt Young is in this, who was Polly. Polly, who never made it into the Creed series. I, I'm, I forgot if he dies in Rocky Balboa. But Burt Young, still at it. If you're a fan of sports movies, watch out for this coming out on July 19th. Next up, we have the trailer for a movie called The Art of Self-Defense, starring Jesse Eisenberg, Imogen Poots, and Alessandro Nivola. And this is a, it looks like a really dark and awkward comedy. And you can tell it's a dark comedy because I tell you multiple times throughout the trailer, just in case the tone of the trailer didn't tell you that. But this isn't a comedy like most comedies that come out. This is one of those really, okay, think Cable Guy. Think of the Cable Guy, but just a little darker. And that's a feeling I get from this. It seems so dark that it borders on, this is actually scary and sad, but there's just something off about it that makes you laugh. So Jesse Eisenberg plays this guy who's scared of everything, and one day he gets randomly attacked on the street, and he goes to this local dojo, a karate dojo, to learn how to defend himself and become a, a strong guy. But then as he does it, he is starting to change a little, but his sensei's also a little weird. And I'm not sure if the trailer was trying to tell us the sensei's a criminal and is using Jesse Eisenberg's character or what's going on, but uh, this just looks like the sort of movie where you take a Steve Carell level awkward comedy and just add a very dark undertone to it, like super dark. And then that's what you have here. If that seems like it's your jam, check this out. It comes out on July 12th, 2019. 
we have another trailer for Toy Story 4. We have the second full trailer for Toy Story 4. And yes, I, I still want to see this. It, it's more of some of the footage we've seen previously just cut into this with some new scenes still telling us the same plot idea but i still think in, in true pixar format there's something they're holding back so they don't spoil the whole thing in the movie but here's my question the the first three toy story movies wrapped up the story so well like, like so well i'm wondering if they are going to do a new trilogy is this just a one-off and if they do a new trilogy, it will be Bonnie's trilogy. The first three movies were Andy's story. Now maybe we're going to see Bonnie's story. And I'm not sure which one I want more because I would be kind of upset if this is just a one-off. Unless they somehow wrap up even more with number four. Because if they do a new trilogy with Bonnie, wouldn't it kind of end the same way? Well, no matter what the answer is, this movie is coming out June 21st. So look forward to that. Oh, this movie, this movie, this trailer did show us more of Keanu Reeves' character, Duke Kaboom, a Canadian uh, stuntman. A stuntman in the vein of Evil Knievel or the fictional vein of Super Dave. Either way, Toy Story 4 still looks good. Necessary or not. Next up, folks, we have a trailer, or the second trailer, actually, for Where Do You Go, Bernadette? This is based off a very popular book, and it stars Kate Blanchett. Uh, the sporting cast is made up of people like Kristen Wiig, Lawrence Fishburne, Judy Greer, Troy and Belisario, Billy Crudup, and also James Urbanik, the voice of Dr. Venture. And this is a familiar story, but something about this book captured so many people. So I'm thinking there has to be something special about it. Okay, on second thought, that's not the best, <laughs> that's not the best stance to take on this, because both Twilight and Fifty Shades of Grey were wonderfully popular, and they were garbage. But if my wife can read it and not put it down disgusted, then it must at least be passable. So this is about a woman who has spent years as a loving mother, but finds herself slowly going crazy. And she comes to the realization that it's because she's very creative. She used to be this kind of prominent architect and her daughter's older now, doesn't really need mother the same way you do when you're younger. And one day she just goes, she just leaves and goes on this journey to find herself. Obviously, this is fictional because we're more ready to accept things like this when it's fiction. Because if, if in the real life someone just abandoned their family, no matter how old the daughter was, and just went on a, went on a quest without telling them, we'd be like, well, okay, that's an interesting choice. Maybe talk to someone about it first. Hmm? But because it's fiction, we can focus on the fact that, you know, you go, girl. You go find what makes you happy. You find yourself. And then hopefully, ideally, return to your family after this self-discovery. And the danger with movies like this is that sometimes, especially when they have a message like this about finding yourself, about rediscovering who you are, they can sometimes put too much stock into the message itself and not enough into the movie. But this one looks like it's going to be really good. Kate Blanchett is an amazing actress, truly amazing actress. She was in Carol. She was in Elizabeth, both Elizabeth movies, I believe. Even if she was in a movie that wasn't that great, she was still good. And hell, Kate Blanchett is one of my top, if not my number one villain in the MCU as Hela, which is a supervillain that sounds like the city of San Jose named them. But that's more of a Bay Area of California joke. I know I'm going to see this movie in theaters because A, I find it interesting 
And B, Troy and Belisario is one of Anne's favorite actresses. Troy and Belisario of Pretty Little Liars fame. But for the rest of you, it's really up to you if you like this kind of movie. I think it looks interesting. You may not. But either way, it comes out August 16th. At the end of this month, it's going to bring us another straight to Netflix and some limited release in theater movie called Always Be My Maybe. This is a romantic comedy starring, let's see, Ali Wong, Randall Park, Daniel Day Kim, and Keanu Reeves. It almost makes me feel like after Crazy Rich Asians, movie studios were like, oh wait, people will go see movies with Asians in it. We didn't know that before. Anyway, it looks funny. It's your standard rom-com. It's a very familiar story, uh, but this time you get the comedic timing of Ali Wong in Randall Park. And you get to see Keanu Reeves, who's also a bit Asian. I, I had to look this up because I didn't know how, how Asian he was, but I did learn something interesting. Keanu Reeves' mother is British, and his father is Chinese-Hawaiian, and Keanu Reeves was born in Beirut, Lebanon, and has Canadian citizenship. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ. He is a walking melting pot. Anyway, Always Be My Maybe looks, it looks like a fun rom-com. Comes out May 31st. We also got a trailer for Crawl. This is a large animal thriller. And I know that's not a true genre, but you know what I'm talking about. Like Lake Placid, like Jaws, like stuff like that. And this one is about a area, I believe in Florida, that gets flooded. And huge croc a huge crocodile traps this woman and her dad in their house and kills a bunch of people. And it's directed by Sam Raimi. So you know what that means? We're going to see his car somewhere in there. It doesn't look bad. It looks one part actually kind of scary and one part campy, which is kind of what you expect from Sam Raimi. This looks interesting and it comes out on July 12th, 2019. Oh, and it stars Barry Pepper, one of my favorite actors. I know, I know. I have too many favorite actors, but let's just ignore that. Next up, we got a trailer for Angel Has Fallen. This is the third movie in the Olympus Has Fallen series starring Gerard Butler and Morgan Freeman. Uh, also in this, because I've never seen the other two, so I don't know if these others were in it, but Jada Pinkett Smith is in it, Lance Reddick, Piper Parabo, Tim Blake Nelson, Nick Nolte. And maybe it's going to be the final one. I, I don't know. Uh, if you like the first two, then watch this one. If you didn't, skip it. It's easy peasy. Uh, check out the trailer, though. It looks simultaneously like more of the same and a bit different. So this comes out August 23rd. And that looks like it's it for the trailers. Once again, if I missed any news, if I missed any trailers, I know I missed a lot since the last episode. But if there's anything you really think I should have I should have talked about, hit me up on Twitter, Instagram, email me, comment. You know how to do it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, let's step into our first break as we hear a word from our friends at Somewhat Nerdy Radio and the Nerds of the Squared Circle. Please stay tuned. Imagine yourself on a journey with the Somewhat Nerdy Radio podcast crew as we travel through forgotten realms and far-off galaxies. Your captains, the sensational Snarf Chris and the cunning Critter, constantly face an element of danger. Welcome to the Somewhat Nerdy Radio Podcast. The bright light in the podcast sphere. Download and subscribe Somewhat Nerdy Radio today on iTunes and SoundCloud or stream it at somewhatnerdy.com. Good journey, nerds. Nerds of the Square Circle on somewhatnerdy.com. Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com. Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com. Hi, I'm Sam Jericho of SomewhatNerdy.com's Nerds of the Squared Circle. Join me, 
Snarf Chris, and the dude with the headband. We talk about wrestling and more wrestling. Do you like wrestling? Yeah! Yeah! Then you should listen to our podcast. Do you not like wrestling? You should still listen to our podcast. Someone to read a comms, Nerds in the Squared Circle. Subscribe to us on iTunes or your favorite podcast app today. Nerds in the Squared Circle on SomeoneNerdy.com. And we're back. We are back with the show. Once again, you're listening to episode 134, Burning Wishes. And let's get into the limited release section. Uh, Just a quick note, though, before we get into the movies about the story about Chris Rock wanting to reboot the Saw series. Uh, So actually, I read a couple more articles on it, and, uh, and there are two conflicting things I'm seeing. As of right now, as of recording this on the 22nd, yes, I'm sorry, it's going to be a late episode, but as of recording this on the 22nd, there's still some sources saying that he's not actually moving forward with this, he just wants to, and other sources saying that yes, it's a thing, though it's in very early pre-production, like, as in they're just trying to work things out now. So I don't know which one to believe, and I just want to tell you, to tell you that, I just want to update you on that, that... It may just be hearsay so far. Well, let's start with the first movie in the limited release section called The Perfection. Charlotte used to be the music star prodigy at her former school. Now, as Charlotte becomes more and more troubled, she finds out there's a new star student at the school. She befriends this new student and plans her downfall. This is a Netflix original movie starring Allison Williams from Get Out, Logan Browning from Dear White People, Steven Weber from Wings, and Aliana Huffman from Smallville. And no, usually I put Netflix movies in the wide release section because they're Netflix movies, but this just doesn't look that good. I'm sorry. Let's move on to the next movie called Isabel. Larissa and Matt are pregnant and move into a new house and they find that the neighbor is a little reclusive. One day, Larissa happens upon the neighbor and strikes up a conversation. And as she does so, she begins to have a miscarriage. While in the hospital, she's technically dead for over a minute. She's brought back to life, but did she come back alone? This stars Amanda Crew from The Haunting in Connecticut, Adam Brody from The O.C., and Sheila McCarthy from The Umbrella Academy. Next up, we have a documentary called Halston. This is a documentary about famous American fashion designer Halston and his rise to prominence and his fall from grace thanks to J.C. Penney. Once again, another documentary that most of you will skip unless you're really into fashion or Halston's story is interesting to you. Next up, we have a movie called Avengement. While released on furlough from prison, a lowly criminal evades his guards and returns to his old haunt to to take revenge on the people that made him a cold-hearted killer. This stars Scott Atkins from American Assassin, Craig Fairbass from Cliffhanger, and Nick Moran from Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. And if the trailer's to be believed, these people that he's going after didn't make him killers. They gave him some uh, some job to do, a legal job though, and in it, while doing this job, he ended up killing someone. So really, all they're guilty of is, well, A, of course, being criminals, and then B, giving him a job that did put him in that situation, but he's actually the one that killed the guy, right? And if that's not the case, then this trailer did a piss-poor job of, of portraying that. Next up, we have a movie called Funny Story, a tragic comedy about a well-intentioned father who inadvertently wreaks havoc on the life of his of his estranged daughter. This stars Matthew Glaive from Argo and Emily Bett Rickards from Arrow. Oh, I actually did misspell that, but not in the way I thought. I thought it was Emily Beth Richards. It's Emily Bett Rickards. So there we go. That's her name. Felicity, if you want to know who she is. Uh, this movie just looks really, really sad. And the kind of funny where something so f- 
up that you have no no reaction left but to laugh. So this guy is going to go visit his estranged daughter. On the way, the daughter says, hey, can you pick up my friend? Along the way, he picks up the friend. They hit it off. They have sex. They both get to the daughter's house to find out that the girl he picked up is his daughter's lover. And her daughter was wanting to come out to the father. So, okay, that's all kinds of f- Next up, we have a film called The Proposal. An artist fights to make the archives of Mexico's most famous architect available to the public. This stars, apparently, no one. The IMDb for this is blank, and I don't recognize any of these people. And finally, in the limited release section, we have a movie called India's Most Wanted. A group of intelligence officers embark on a top-secret mission to track down a wanted international criminal. And nah pass all right ladies and gentlemen we have let's see one two three four five six seven seven movies in the wide releases and interesting indie section so i'll tell you what let's do two of those and then we will send you along into the final break and then we'll finish this up shall we sounds good all in favor all opposed all right well i'm the only one that voted so let's go along with this the next movie, and the first one in the wide releases section, is called Diamantino. Diamantino is the world's best soccer player, or as the rest of the world calls it, football. He loses that special something he has and ends his career in disgrace. He begins his search for a new purpose and so begins his delirious odyssey. This is a Portuguese comedy, and you know what? It just looked interesting. It looked, it looked funny. If you like foreign films, I urge you to check out this trailer just because the film looks interesting and at, at times absurd and actually i would like a little help with this uh, if you know your electronic music at all like electronica dance music stuff like that check out the trailer for diamantino it's d-i-a-m-a-n-t-i-n-o and the first official trailer has a song in it that i really want to know what it is but i cannot find it for the life of me soundhound shazam it's all failed me uh, but while i was looking at the trailer again the The blurb they have on the trailer on YouTube is very interesting. It says, Carlotto Cota gives the finest comic performance in recent memory as the dim-witted Portuguese soccer superstar of the title. A burlesque version of Cristiano Ronaldo swept up in a complicated comic conundrum involving the refugee crisis, secret service skullduggery, a mad science genetic modification, and a right-wing anti-EU conspiracy. So it seems like this will get semi-political, but... From the look of the trailer, it doesn't get overly political. So if you are a political person, I don't think this should be a turnoff for you. I think it looks funny. I think it looks worth a shot, but not great enough to purposely go out and see. Diamantino gets a 6.5 out of 11. Next up, we have a movie called Echo in the Canyon. This is a documentary about the California rock bands and their connection to Laurel Canyon. This features interviews with and or footage of Tom Petty, Brian Wilson, Eric Clapton, Ringo Starr, David Crosby, Stephen Stills, Graham Nash, Neil Young, Roger McGuinn, Michelle Phillips, Jacob Dylan, Beck, Fiona Apple, Nora Jones, Regina Spector, Cat Power, Jade Castrinos, Jackson Brown, and Lou Adler, and features music from bands like The Beach Boys, The Birds, The Mamas and the Papas, and Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. So this is a documentary I'm excited for, and I also put it in the wide releases and interesting indies because I think it would attract a bigger group of people than the one about a fashion designer. Just a wider group of people because that is some great music there. 
I mean, me, I prefer the music of, of today. I prefer the music that I grew up with, 80s, 90s, early 2000s, and now. But I can still listen to that stuff, that old stuff, and go, that is amazing. I can still listen to Pet Sounds by the Beach Boys as a phenomenal album. If you appreciate the music of that time, then maybe you should check this out. It looks really good. Echo in the Canyon gets an 8 out of 11. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is it. Now we are ready for the next break. The final break, actually. So we're going to hear a word from our good friends at the Watch Mouth Podcast. Stay tuned. There are several ways to raise money for a good cause. Some do it by running marathons. Some host high-dollar dinners. And some just do it by clever internetting. We here at the Watch Your Mouth Podcast employ a different approach. Wall-to-wall filthy f***ing language. Go to a grocery store, I'm like, I know exactly what I need. I get in there, I'm like, Yeah, the f*** did I even come here for? With our charity swear jar, every f***ed up utterance from our unfettered gobs is a dime in the right direction. The motherfucker's a mouth breather. Gaming, movies, life musings, it's all here. Served on a bed of f***s and garnished with a crown of Shut the f*** up! How the f*** did we get here? F*** all that f***ing jelly bean! So if you want to hear us do good things with bad words, check out the Watch Your Mouth podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Facebook, or online at wympodcast.com. And remember, swearing is caring, so watch your mouth. All right, we are back. We are back with the rest of the wide release movies. And the good feeling I'm having is brought to us by Cease and Desist, a Russian imperial stout bottled by something I'm going to butcher, Braurai de Molin from Bodgraven, Netherlands. So if you're from the Netherlands... Thank you. Well, folks, next up in the wide releases and interesting indies, we have a film called The Poison Rose. Carson Phillips is a P.I. who gets hired by an old flame to clear her daughter's name of the murder of her husband. As he investigates, he uncovers a tangled web connecting the husband to one of the most powerful men in the city. This stars John Travolta from Face Off, Morgan Freeman from The Shawshank Redemption, Famke Jensen from Taken, Brendan Fraser from The Mummy, Pete Stormare from John Wick 2, Robert Patrick from Terminator 2 Judgment Day, Kat Graham from The Vampire Diaries, and Claudia Gerini from John Wick 2. And I almost didn't put this movie in the wide releases and interesting indies, but just that cast is interesting and it doesn't look terrible. So a good cast supporting the Brendan Fraser movie, that's, that's b- big, right? Morgan Freeman is a supposed bad guy? Okay, I'll give it a shot. Just never in theaters. This looks passable at best. Something to keep an eye out for in Best Buy's like $4.99 Blu-ray bin. Or better yet, their $3.99 DVD bin. There you go. The Poison Rose gets a 5.5 out of 11. Next up, we have a film called The Tomorrow Man. Ed Hemsler spends his life preparing for disaster that may never come. Ronnie Meisner spends her life shopping for things she may never use. In a small rural town, these two people will try and find love. This stars John Lithgow from Interstellar, Blythe Danner from Meet the Parents, Derek Cecil from House of Cards, Kate Asselton from The League, and Wendy McKenna from Sister Act. And this looks cute. It's a geriatric love story. I mean, I do I do feel f***ed up saying geriatric about Blythe Danner because... You know, for her age, she looks pretty good. But it's true. This is the this is the genre. Old people need love too. This looks cute. 
it looks like a very a, a very well done movie just overall it doesn't look amazing in any in any specific way it just looks like an overall good movie looks like we have some good characters and some amazing actors playing the leads and we all know John Lithgow can play a great bad guy but he can also play a very great vulnerable man and couple that with Blythe Danner and this looks like it's going to be a really good movie if you want to see something cute in the theaters this could be it and if you don't want to watch the next movie I'm going to talk about or my pick of the week this this may be worth it but also you will not be missing out if you don't watch The Tomorrow Man in theaters because I think movies like this show promise it really does just because to me the thought of never finding love of being that age and not finding someone or having found someone and lost them, heaven forbid, knock on wood. Where's some wood? Okay, there it is. That terrifies me. But this movie shows that life goes on, and it's okay. The Tomorrow Man gets an 8.5 out of 11. Next up, folks, is a movie called Aladdin. Oh, look at that. Not my pick of the week. What? Are you as shocked as I am? Just wait. There's more. If you didn't know, Aladdin is about a kind-hearted street urchin and a power-hungry grand visor who vie for a magic lamp that has the power to make their deepest wish come true. And I think it's funny that in this movie, they rewrote Jasmine's character to, you know, give her more of a character than the damsel in distress. But f*** her, they didn't even put her in the uh, in the synopsis. Anyway, this stars Mena Musad from Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan, Naomi Scott from Power Rangers, Will Smith from Blossom, Billy Magnuson from Game Night, Marwan Kanzari from Murder on the Orient Express, Navid Neghaban from Homeland, and the voice of Alan Tudyk from this little show called Firefly. All right, this is it. This is the movie that if you remember when the first visuals came out and when the first trailer came out people had uh, some interesting opinions just like me i thought this looked terrible because i think disney did this really poorly first of all they made will smith's genie blue they did not need to do that you could just have him look like will smith that's fine but they saved themselves with the other trailers that came out showing that look we did make a good movie despite the fact that will smith looks fugly and they even showed that he's not going to look like that the whole time. So yay. Disney found a win where the people behind Sonic found a big old f*** you. But here's the thing about this movie and all of these remakes. They're, they're for Disney fans. They're for fans of the original. This movie is bringing some things that are new to the table. An improved Jasmine character and who knows what else they did to the story. But basically it's just Aladdin. You know Aladdin. You've seen Aladdin. If you haven't seen Aladdin, then you're some sort of body snatcher or some alien. Or you had a very deprived upbringing like Anne did, and you were never shown these movies because your mother did a piss poor job of introducing you to kids' movies. So most of you have seen Aladdin, and most of you already know if you're going to see this or not. There are some people who hate Disney. Uh, I was at my friend Evan's birthday party. And one of our one of our good friends, well, closer to Evan than me, but he's he's still a friend. I consider him a friend. Our friend Nate uh, says we should boycott Disney and he hopes they go bankrupt. But of course, he's also your stereotypical, super liberal. I hate the corporation man person. So that's what I expected from him. But it did make me realize that there are some people out there who just hate Disney. And you it if you've been listening for a while, you know, that used to be me. 
I used to hate Disney because I hated the fact that they never had their own ideas, that they stole all these ideas from other places and turned them into a kid's movie and banked on it. But I think in this day, in this day and age, Disney is better than ever. I know people are crying, oh, they're ruining Star Wars. No, no, you little bitch. Listen to me. Not even George Lucas from the late 70s, early 80s could make a Star Wars movie that you would like. And all Disney is doing is making a blockbuster. That's it. They're making a CG filled blockbuster and I'll see it and I'll see this eventually. I might not may not see it in theaters because there are two more movies I'd rather see. Uh, But Disney really knows what they're doing. And I think they are one of the most reliable of the big companies. Aladdin looks good. It does. And I'm glad that they got people of color to play the main characters and Of course, they really didn't have a choice, did they? With today's world being the way it is, they had to. Otherwise, this movie would tank. Okay, it would still make a shit ton of money, but it would make far less money if they whitewashed everyone. But like I said before, you already know if you're going to see this or not. You know if you're going to see it in the theaters or not. Or maybe you're like me, may miss it in theaters and just buy it when it comes out. Either way, personally, I think there are two better looking movies coming out this week. And after this, I'll tell you what they are. Aladdin gets an 8.5 out of 11. All right, folks, my future fans, two movies left, and the next movie, and the final movie that's not the pick of the week, is called Brightburn. I know, what? Who am I? Do you even know who I am anymore? Aladdin and Brightburn weren't my pick? What the f*** is going on? Who is this madman? Well, let's talk about Brightburn. What if a child from another world crash-landed on Earth, but instead of becoming a hero to mankind, proved to be something far more sinister. This stars Elizabeth Banks from the Pitch Perfect series, David Denman from Logan Lucky, and featuring Jackson A. Dunn as the killer Superman. He was last seen in one scene from Avengers Endgame. And I would tell you which scene that is, but it's a spoiler. So you know what? At the end of the show, after I do the spoiler warning, and when I tell you what what role Catherine Langford was supposed to play, I'll tell you what scene he was in. But remember, don't, don't listen to that shit if you haven't seen Endgame yet. Also, if you haven't seen Endgame yet, what the f***? I understand not wanting to go to a movie with huge crowds, but the crowds are dying down by now. I mean, come on, get with it. I mean, if you're just not interested in it, fair game. Okay, whatever. I understand. But anyway, Brightburn, um, this was the one that I've been excited for ever since we saw a trailer for it. Because you know me, Superman is my all-time favorite comic book hero. And I think a lot of times he gets a bad rap because people who don't like him don't like him because he's like this unbeatable god who's this boy scout. But they don't know the complexity of the character and what, what a great character Superman is. But here's the thing. Here's what Brightburn is going to do is answer the question of what if something is fucked up in Superman's head? What if when he was still a kid, instead of his parents steering him in the right direction to make him a symbol of hope for the world, steering him in the right direction to be a hero for mankind, steering him in the right direction to be played by the increasingly handsome Henry Cavill. I'm sorry, am I letting my man crush your show again? Uh, Let me put that away. So not only does Brightburn have a very interesting premise, but it's a horror movie. It really is. So we have one of the first superhero horror movies. And I think actually this is the first that there has never been an actual horror superhero movie before. Okay, I shouldn't use the term superhero, right? But super powered movie before. If you Google it, you will see movies like Hellboy, Swamp Thing, Toxic Avengers, um, let's see, Blade, Ghost Rider, Venom. Really? Really? Is that what we're considering horror these days? No, Google. For once, you're wrong. 
So I really look at this movie as a first of its kind. And that being said, some of the reviews are coming in and it's really a mix. Some are really liking it. Some are just destroying it, calling it a travesty. But I think this is one of those movies that you have to be aware of uh, when you go in to see it. Be aware of the fact that just like with a superhero movie, just like with any with a big blockbuster, this isn't going to be a movie that's going to hit the right notes for super stuck up critics. This is going to hit the right notes for people who just want to see an interesting movie, people who just want to have fun, people who just want to be entertained. That's who this movie is for. And here's the good news. If you don't like horrors, don't watch this. If you don't like movies about people with powers, don't watch this. This movie, just like the last movie, just like Aladdin, it's very easy to know if you want to see this or not, or if you'll ever be interested. Let's be honest, some other movies like Tomorrow Man, The Poison Rose, Edge of the Canyon, Diamantino, maybe you need to, maybe a trailer can change your mind. Maybe you could be on the fence about it. But with movies like this, it's pretty obvious. I really want to see this. Maybe this is not up your alley at all. And that's fine. It really is. Because you know what? We all have different movie tastes. And chances are you and I have different tastes in movies. And in that case, you probably listen to my show either because you find me entertaining, in which case, oh, thank you. You're so sweet. Or you like the fact that I talk about all of these movies coming out, some of them which you don't know about. Maybe there are even a few of you out there who take my bill score and flip it around going, hey, if he doesn't like it, I'll probably love this. Whatever. I am here to tell you what movies are coming out and to give my opinion on it. Well, I kind of lost the plot on this, didn't I? Well, let's wrap this all up. And let's see, we're talking about Brightburn. We were, we still were. I like this because I think it is an interesting idea. And that's why I've said before that I think the idea of superheroes or superpowered people is such a goldmine of potential because you can do stuff like this. Stuff like this that looks like it's the farthest thing you can get away from anything Marvel or DC. Even though this character is basically supposed to be a young Superman. Well, let me wrap this up with my score and say that Brightburn... It's an 8.5 out of 11. Well, everyone, it's time for the pick of the week. And do you have any idea what it is? Some of you may know. Some of you may know what movie is coming out or what which one I haven't talked about yet. But in case you didn't know, let me tell you, that movie is called Book Smart. On the eve of their high school graduation, two academic superstars and best friends realize they should have worked less and played more. Determined not to fall short of their peers, the girls try to cram four years of fun into one night. This stars Beanie Feldstein from Neighbors 2, Sorority Rising, Caitlin Deaver from Justified, Billy Lord from American Horror Story, Skylar Gizondo from The Late Santa Clarita Diet, Lisa Kudrow from Friends, Jason Sudeikis from We're the Millers, and Will Forte from The Last Man on Earth. This is also the directorial debut of Olivia Wilde, and it comes from executive producers Will Ferrell and Adam McKay. So this movie has a lot going for it, and the good thing is that it's just produced by Will Ferrell and Adam McKay. So if you're not a fan of Will Ferrell-type comedies, you don't have to walk away from this one. I think this looks hilarious. I think this looks like this ages super bad. I like the fact that with this movie, it seems like it's poking fun at college admissions because these two characters worked their asses off to be the top of their class. And the kids that didn't work as hard as them, maybe weren't bad students, but took their time to party where these girls didn't, also got into these schools too. And I think this movie is kind of trying to dispel the myth that all work and no play means you'll get into the best college. No, it doesn't. I was a terrible student, so don't listen to me when it comes to how to how to be a good student. 
When I have kids, when Anne and I have children, I will tell them, child, you are doing something that I would have done in school. So stop that sh and don't be stupid. I mean, I eventually got into a good college that I never finished. <laughs> That's a weird cough I got there, right? But anyway, in high school, even people I partied with who I knew were smart, did their homework, did well on tests, but also took time out to have fun, they got into good colleges too. One of them is now a professor up at UC Berkeley. That overachieving son of a bitch. And I like the fact that in this movie, these characters are realistic. I knew people like that in high school. I really did. And I bet you, you guys, my future fans, you knew people like that at school. Maybe you were that person too. Though maybe you didn't look back on your high school life as dramatically as they did. Like, oh, we never partied. We never did anything. So what we have with Booksmart is a coming of age comedy. A story about these two girls who are trying to find the perfect middle ground between being the smart, good student, but also allowing themselves to have fun. Though it looks like the focus of the movie is them focusing on the fun part, because maybe, just maybe, they have some regrets. And I just want to point out really quick that I don't think that people like them shouldn't be the way they are, because there is a name for people like them. It's called Valedictorian. It's called 4.0 GPA. But ladies and gentlemen, that is not the focus of this movie. This, the focus of this movie is the comedy. Is this, like I said, a, I believe a perfect example of this film is super bad. So if you like that kind of film, if you like that kind of comedy, then this could be up your alley. This movie will also show us what Olivia Wilde can do behind the camera. Because let's be honest, she's not everyone's favorite actress. Some people like her. Some people think she's very one, one note. I happen to like her. I thought she was always really good at picking her roles. And despite what a lot of people thought, I did like Tron Legacy. And I'm actually sad we never saw more of them because that had a lot of promise. One thing to warn you about, though, is that from quite a few reviews I've read about this film, it's been described as, and, and one person said the word, and I liked it, script heavy, where there's a lot of dialogue, a lot of banter, and a lot of jokes that you need to be really paying attention to the to the dialogue to catch. An extreme example of of this of some of a movie like this, I guess, would be anything that Aaron Sorkin did. This fast talking, clever film that really requires your attention. So this movie is going to take a little bit more focus than a than a comedy like uh, Jumanji or Game Night or some of the other recent funny ones have needed. I watched Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle. I really liked it. I thought it was a lot of fun, but I'll tell you what, I could eat my dinner and answer a text and not really miss anything. Whereas Booksmart seems like a kind of movie that you would miss something. And I also like the fact that the two main actresses, uh, Caitlin Deaver and Beanie Feldstein, are, are look real. They're real people. And I know that stupid thing to say, because every actress and actor is a real person, but these people look more every day than the others. Definitely more every day than Olivia Wilde ever looked in anything she did, I'll tell you that. And this film is written by people who know comedy. Some of the writers, uh, Susanna Fogel, a uh, writer on The Spy Who Dumped Me, Life Partners, Chasing Life. Wow, she has a thing about life, doesn't she? And uh, what's this other person's name? Emily Halpern, worked uh, producer on Blackish. Oh, wow, she wrote on The Unit. Okay, that's not exactly a comedy, but it's a good. it was a good show, right? So besides the fact that this is Olivia Wilde's first ever feature-length film. She's mainly just done um, two short films and, oh no, three short films and one music video. So despite the fact that we've never seen a feature film from her, this looks like we're in good hands. And I think this looks like a movie that I really want to see, and hopefully it's something that you want to see. Hopefully you had no idea about this film, and now you do, thanks to me. Yay me.
even though I am really excited for this movie, even though it's my pick of the week, keep in mind that if Brightburn or Aladdin do interest you too, those are better movies for the theater. Booksmart, I believe, will be just as good at home. So definitely put Booksmart on your to-be-watched list. The question is, when? Booksmart gets a 9 out of 11. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for the question of the week. But actually, before we get into that, we had one comment on the last episode. Good old Frat Matt, our good friend of the show, Frat Matt, who commented, when I saw Deadpool, they had a baby and a few kids. I was horrified. And yeah, um, I, I replied to him. I said, that's insane. There were some young kids in the theater when I saw Saw 7. F***ing Saw 7. And some young kids at the midnight show of The Dark Knight. And that sh- blows my mind well we didn't get any responses to the question of the week and i and i checked twitter i swear to god i did i didn't see anything from critter and so i'm sorry if i did miss it but you know what um i'm not gonna ask it again i'm gonna put that one on the back burner and i will try it again later but for now let's come up with a different question and i actually couldn't think of one that ties too much into any of the movies this week so i had to pull from my reserve of questions that i have and I'm going to loosely tie it into Aladdin, because we know Aladdin has songs in it, right? So here we go. The new question of the week is, which movie would be funny if it was made into a musical? And your answer could either be funny haha, like it would be hilarious, or a what the f*** kind of funny. So once again, which movie do you think would be funny if it was turned into a musical? Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for this episode. That's episode 134, titled Burning Wishes. And hey, Justin, did you choose this episode to listen to? If so, good choice. But here's the here's the thing. There are no bad choices. Okay, that's a lie. Don't don't go too far back. St- stay current. Well, let's get into the closing housekeeping and I'll send you along your way. You can find me on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, and any podcast app, as well as the somewhat nerdy website that is somewhatnerdy.com. I would really appreciate it if you take a few minutes out of your day to give the podcast a rating on iTunes. I would love five stars, please. Pretty please. And then share the podcast with your friends. That is how we grow here in the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. And how do you reach me if you have to? Good question. You can leave a comment for me on the Somewhat Nerdy website or Facebook page. Leave a comment on SoundCloud. Hit me up on Twitter or Instagram at BilliamSWN. You can email me at billionreviews at gmail.com. Also, please support the nerds on Patreon. You can find the link in the show notes or on the Somewhat Nerdy website. Just a buck, two bucks, five bucks, a thousand bucks, a million bucks, whatever you want. But we would appreciate any support. Be sure to check out the Somewhat Nerdy Radio and Nerds of the Squared Circle Podcasts also on the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. Also, check out the Watch Your Mouth Podcast, great friends of the show who are now every other week and it's killing me i mean seriously both somewhat nerdy radio and watch your mouth every other week come on guys don't forget to check out the somewhat nerdy website for all of our latest blogs and news i promise i'll start blogging again oh my god i promise and finally my dear friends my dear dear listeners my future fans please remember that no matter where life takes you no matter what your week has in store just take some time to catch a flick I'm Billy from Somewhat Nerdy signing off. I'll see you in the future. All right, everyone, let's talk about those quick notes. Remember, these are spoilers for Endgame, so uh, I warned you a few times now. So the first one is what role the kid from Brightburn played. His name, the actor's name is Jackson A. Dunn, and he played young 
Scott. If you remember when they were trying to figure out the time travel before Tony came in and saved their butts, Scott went through quite a few age changes, didn't he? Well, this kid played the 12-year-old one. And then second, what role Catherine Langford played that was cut. So after the snap, after Tony snaps his fingers, and as he's dying, if you remember in Endgame, not Endgame, in Infinity War, when Thanos snapped his fingers, he went to this kind of weird dreamlike area where he saw young Gamora and she asked him like, what did it cost? And he says, everything. They're going to do the same thing for Tony, but in the dream world, it would be his older daughter, the older version of his kid played by Catherine Langford. And she was, instead of asking him what it cost, she, she was going to tell him, it's okay. I understand you can let go. You did, you did good. So I don't know if we're going to see that in the extras or not, but I think if they do do an uncut version and they put that in there, it'll just add a punch to the stomach. Like that death was sad enough, but adding that in there, oh man. And something else I've been wanting to talk about, I really, really like Jon Favreau, but in that scene when he's sitting next to Tony's daughter and he's asking her if she's hungry, what she wants, and the the look on his face, just, just his acting in that, in that short scene was phenomenal. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is it. Uh, if, if this part sounded a little weird, I'm, I'm not going to edit this part except for the pauses and all the uhs and does and things like that. So you may hear quite a few clicks and keyboard noises. Well, thank you for sticking around. I will see you next week.